We, we find the best person in the country we can, we can hire, we pay whatever it costs because it's an accelerator. It's a, it's a, it's a process through which you, a time collapser, and it helps you massively also avoid mistakes and mistakes can be extremely expensive depending on what business you're in. But these books I kept because they're thoroughly worked through with dog ears and highlights and marks and, and they gotten us through amongst other things, they gotten us through the hard times of low motivation. So the first step in our system is that we focus on people, uh, on, on areas, on three kinds of areas, either infill lots in the city, those are the hardest to get. You have to do a lot of effort to get those, but then you make a lot of profit. And that is coming up next on Bootstrapping Your Dream Show, so stay tuned. So, the big question is this, how are ambitious people like us, who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth, how do we become resourceful enough? Use our creativity, our dedication and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams. Whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. We have created a tremendous community of bootstrappers, entrepreneurs and professionals who are ambitious, resourceful and want to get things done. We brainstorm, support and help each other out. So come join us. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. Join today and get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series absolutely free. If you enjoy this video, then do let us know by hitting that like button now. Or if you want us to improve our content, then go ahead and hit that thumbs down button and give us your honest feedback in the comment section below. Here at Tetra Noodle, we are passionate about entrepreneurship, technology and innovation. Every week we bring you insightful and engaging videos, interviews, tips, tricks and strategies to help you grow your business or rise in your corporate profession. If you're new here, please do consider subscribing and do not forget to hit that bell icon so that you are notified when we publish new content. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dream Show. I'm your host Manu Jagarwal and today we'll be talking with Jack Bosch. So since uh, 2002, Jack has been buying and selling lots and uh, unimproved land and has uh, flipped more than 4,000 transactions. It only took him and his wife Michelle 18 months to go from zero to $1 million. Since 2008, they have been educating those who either find houses too challenging or are unsatisfied with the competition and teaching them how to make more money from simple land and lot flips. Plus, they have figured out a way to make land cash flow massively and consistently <coughs> with checks coming in for years and even decades. Welcome, Jack. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Manish. All right. So, Seems very intriguing, this business uh, that you're working in. Uh, real estate uh, is always a fascinating industry to learn more about. But tell us a little bit about your journey b before we get into the business. Uh, how did you get started and um, how was that journey? Did you have any um, challenges in the initial phases of your entrepreneurship? Yes, yes, be happy to. So it started out, first of all, I'm, I'm not from the United States. I'm... Uh, I'm living, I live in the United States. I am American citizen now, but I'm originally from Germany. So my journey started with me being, um, really have being on this traditional path of like, get, go to, go to high school, go to college, get a good job. And I, I, my plan was to do a career in corporate America, basically. 
And uh, then I thought there's one thing missing, and that is that I don't speak well enough English. Right? The world is turning to English, and uh, and more and more people, in order to make a career, you got to speak English. So I said I, I had a chance in my last year of college, instead of spending that year in the United States, in Germany, to spend it in the U.S., get in that process an MBA, but also get credit for the classes I took in the U.S. and get credit for that in Germany. So basically, I was like, that's like three birds in, in one uh, and this is three things accomplished in one in one act, right? I, I, I get an MBA, I show my future employers flexibility, um, that I can travel that on mind and things like that, all things that employers were looking for. I, uh, I improved my English and I, I finished my German college degree. Wonderful. So I did that. Well, that was 22 and a half years, 20, almost 23 years ago, and I'm still in the United States. So uh, I basically came here, fell in love with the country, and met my met my wife, who is not from here either. My wife is from from Central America, from Honduras, and uh, and we decided to give it a try here. So we got that job. So I I, I was lucky. I got a job, um, and I was um, and out of like uh, out of like ten Germans that were in that college, all wanted to get a job. I was the only one who got lucky. Don't ask me why. I had the worst grades of all of us, but um, but the point is, I, I got a job. And, and shortly into that job, I realized that the entire career thing that everyone was talking about, that I was like kind of brainwashed and, and, and schooled towards, wasn't what I wanted to do. I just realized this is, uh, I had put my ladder against the wrong tree here. Now, I love business, I love things, but I worked, I worked in a software company at that time uh, because that's the only company that was growing so fast. And I had a little bit of background in Germany because having worked as a student worker in a similar kind of company in Germany, I. I uh, I really didn't didn't um, I, I, that's why I got my job. I but I, it's it's not where I wanted to be. I didn't see myself as a software guy, as an implementation consultant, and and so I started really disliking and uh, worse than that, I really hating my job. And 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 on top of that, the, the, then there was a recession coming, and uh, lots of people were laid off, and and. Um, and my wife and I just looked at each other and we were like, this is not what we want to do for the rest of our lives. So, so we decided to find something else that we could do. But as you might know from uh, I, when you come here, I had the H1B visa, like many people, right? And, uh, and then um, you can't just quit your job because if you quit your job, you lose the visa because the visa is tied to your job. And I realized I needed to do something. Uh, so I realized I needed to find a plan B that over time I could make into a plan A at the moment I got my green card. And that's exactly what we did. We looked into real estate, we looked at all kinds of real estate and ultimately we found a method that allows us to remotely from the comfort of this computer table here from, from my home office, allows us to buy and sell pieces of land that others can no longer want that we can get for literally 10 or 20 cents on the dollar um, and flip them for Sometimes 10 times what we bought them for um, and, uh, and, and, and do that without ever seeing these properties, which allowed me to do this while I was traveling, while I had a job, which allowed me to do this while, while I had no money really because uh, the first deal we bought for $400 and sold for $4,000. The next deal we bought for $500, sold for $10,000. And then we bought properties for $2,000, sold under $2,000, sold them for $80,000 and so on. So, um, so we started doing this more and more, and within 10 months, we were debt-free, we had, we had money on the sidelines, we, and then the green card came, and that's when we quit, and then we went full force, and we have done over 4,000 such land flips ever since. That's awesome. Now, 
Um, did you uncover this uh, method on your own or did you have a mentor or how did that come about? I wish I had a mentor. I think mentorship is the most important thing in life. Uh, it's, it's like now, anytime we learn something new, now we also invest in large apartment complexes. We currently have 158 unit apartment complex under contract. We syndicate that, we bring investors in. It's obviously a completely different, much more complicated deal. And when you first learned that, we got a mentor. Anything else we learn now, we have a mentor, right? We, we find the best person in the country we can, we can hire, we pay whatever it costs because it's an accelerator, it's a, it's, a, it's a process through which you, a time collapser, and it helps you massively also avoid mistakes. And mistakes can be extremely expensive depending on what business you're in. So having said that, no, we did not have a mentor back then because there was nobody who was teaching that. We did indeed stumble into that through the process of first looking into tax liens and tax deeds, not being satisfied with the opportunities there, and then finding a way that we could circumvent the entire tax lien and tax deed world and go directly to the owners and buy these properties from them for like five to 25 cents on a dollar. And it took us almost three years to figure this out. That's why with a mentor now, I don't want to spend three years figuring something out. I, I, I'd rather pay somebody uh, whatever it costs and then learn it in a matter of six months. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, now, uh, uh, did you, you know, uh, on this podcast, we uh, focus a lot on mindset and positive thinking. So as you were sort of uncovering this, uh, this secret formula over three years, did you run into any challenges and, and uh, roadblocks where at some point you may have thought about giving it up or whatever? And, and can you describe those initial, initial years and how they were and what kind of mindset did you have to develop to actually get through that period? I'm, I'm more than happy to. As a matter of fact, yes. I mean, obviously the answer is yes. As a matter of fact, all the time. I mean, all the time I came across uh, situations where, uh, where I wanted to give up. And that was more on the inner game side of things. Because, of course, we had no mentor. So we had to do trial and error. And trial and error over a course of three years is, is almost – it's – we gave up many times in between. We gave up for three months and then we just like, come on, there must be something to this. Let's start again. What made us go, what made us continue was really that we had built up a big, big reason why. So the reason why what was propelled us forward. And our reason why was actually multifold. And now we teach our land flipping method. Now we have courses and seminars and things. But when, we, when I go up on stage, I try to instill that same method that I have done into all of our students. And, and in essence, is that you got to find not just one reason why. you got to dig for reasons why. you got to dig through your life every time you felt like, I don't know, disrespected. Every time you felt a bullied or somebody, if you, if you were bullied. Luckily, I don't think I was bullied. But uh, every time you felt uh, like you saw, you, you, you see people around you. So in other words, I, we made a list. We look at this, like, we look at, we look at it and say, like, okay, if I do this, there's two reasons people do something. One, to get away from something. One, to go towards something, right? So one thing we realized is that um, if we don't do something, uh, our method, or we don't figure out something, I will be stuck in this miserable 100% travel job where you leave from Monday mornings at 6 a.m., going to some Holiday Inn Express, eat bad food, gain a whole bunch of weight. I gained like 15 pounds in the first three weeks I worked in that job. Um, and uh, I literally, I, had a, I bought a pair of pants and it had to be hemmed 
and I couldn't pick them up for three weeks. And after three weeks, the pants were too small. I could not fit into them anymore. And I never wore those pants ever. So just an example. So, and, and, and it's like, if I, if I don't do this, I will be stuck in that job. So the first reason was to get out of that job. Second reason is my wife and I were separated from each other. We had married by that time. We were separated from each other Monday to Friday. So Saturday, we spent grocery shopping, cleaning the house, and Sunday, we spent resting, and then Monday, I left again. What life is that? Like, that's not the life I wanted to live. That's not what I had envisioned. And if you're stuck in one industry for like 10 years, you have a hard time breaking out of that industry. So I saw this like, oh my God, if I, if I don't find anything else, I'm going to be stuck in this industry, doing something I don't like for the rest of my life, and this is just not going to happen. So that propelled me through the down times of motivation and things like that. But then other things like, for example, um, we saw my dad was aging and he was a high school teacher for 41 years and he just did not want to do it anymore. He was tired. He was exhausted. And, and, and I was really honestly afraid that he had three years to go, that if he would go all the three years, he would literally either not make it or barely make it and then pass away shortly afterwards because he was a, he, his health was going down so quickly. Yeah. So I was like... Uh, I have to do this. I have to figure this out in order to make the money so I can early retire my dad. And that put a big pedal to the metal because now it was like life or death kind of thing. If I don't do this, my dad is not going to be around anymore. And so we put the pedal to the metal like crazy. We had just figured it out. And half a year later, we were able to retire my dad. Right? So, uh, so these are things like that that kept us going. Like it was getting away from the pain, getting away from potential pain, but then obviously also getting to a point where we envision ourselves, like I, I coined this word called um, luxury bohemian in a sense. Like I love sitting in street cafes and drinking a cup of coffee and reading a book. And, 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 and we do that for the last uh, four years. We've been every single year in Paris and that's what we do there. We hang out. We look at the museum and we, we sit and have a nice lunch and we drink a coffee and we drink a glass of champagne or wine and, and just like, just, just enjoy life. And, and, and I always, I did that in college, kind of like that, just not as a luxury, as a really shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, I, I love that kind of a lifestyle. And, and so we went towards that lifestyle. And it's like, I got to figure out that I can make something out that I can make that lifestyle work again. And, and those things. And then along with that, we took books. Like I read multiple books that kept me motivated, like Mark Victor Hansen, uh, Jack Canfield, all these they have multiple books, the millionaire, um, like the one minute millionaire or the, uh, the butterfly something. I don't even know exactly, but anymore, but I remember I, I, when we moved half a year into a new house and I, and I threw a lot of books, I gave a lot of books away to, to Salvation Army or to Goodwill. But these books I kept because they're thoroughly worked through with dog ears and highlights and marks. And, and they gotten us through, amongst other things, they gotten us through the hard times of low motivation. That's awesome. A great story, by the way. Um, now, uh, uh, you know, whenever I talk to somebody who is uh, doing real estate and they, they, they tell us about this method where you have very low investment, but you make a tremendous amount of profits and you know, you don't have to use your own money. It sounds like, um, sounds like, you know, those late night commercials that used to air. Um, so sounds like a snake uh, I'm just, man. yeah, I'm just being a devil's advocate here so that, sure. you know, we can get to the bottom of, uh, of this strategy. So can you, um, tell us how, like, do you encounter these kind of, uh, comments, uh, first of all, skepticism from people who, of course, uh, who come in. Yeah. Okay. Of course. So how do you counter that? How do you counter that? Uh, 
Um, well, I, I, I don't. Uh, I counter him by saying, yes, absolutely, there's work involved. Like anyone that tells you that you wake up tomorrow wealthy if you buy their program is obviously a snake oil man. No, no. Uh, what you have to look at, though, is that is it, is it, first of all, possible? And the answer is yes, it is possible. So it is possible to buy a house for $100,000 that's really worth one hundred and eighty dollars because it has, needs all kinds of repairs and the person needs to be out and so on. They need to move out quickly and then sell that house for $130,000 to somebody else that then makes the fix-ups and then moves in or, or sells it or so or rents it. That is totally uh, possible. It is also possible to buy a piece of land for $500 because somebody went through a divorce and somebody uh, doesn't value it, particularly in the lower price ranges. So if you, if you meet somebody, ask them first of all about some example deals so that you kind of and ask them why people would sell these properties so cheap. And usually the reason why people sell this property so cheap is that they have um, they have some kind of a life event happen or so or they uh, or they they believe it might be just a, in our land side there's less events happening it might be just a birthday they might have turned 65 and they're like okay I'm retiring right now let me get rid of some expenses and land only costs property taxes as you hold on to it so yeah, yeah. they're asking their kids hey kids do you want this piece of land and the land might only be worth twenty thousand dollars a piece so, and the kid's like, no, dad, I don't need the land. I live in New York City, living, living La Vida Loca. The land is in, is in Texas. I don't, I don't want it. So, and then, okay, in that moment, our direct mail, our letter hits them. And they're like, well, let me call, but they want. And, and since they don't want to deal with it, they don't want to have to worry about it. And they don't want to, they, 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 they might have only bought it for $5,000 20 years ago. So they're like, how much do you give me? And it's like, I'll give you four. And they're like, $4,000? Sure. Let's, let's just... I, I, I've gotten rid of it. And then you go, if it's truly worth 20, you go to the market and you sell it either for like 12 for sell or 12 for cash, make an $8,000 profit. Or what we do is sell it with seller financing at full market price, have them give us a $4,000 down payment, which is what we paid for it, and then do seller financing. But back to your question is, uh, what do I tell people? I tell people that, that, you, that there is work involved, absolutely, that it is in essence a numbers game. But the other part I tell people is that they should be looking for areas of real estate investing that, uh, that, uh, that, 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 are, that they can handle. Like, for example, when somebody 17 years ago told me about a $6 million apartment complex that I need to put in $900,000 in, in, in improvements afterwards, um, and I would have to raise $2 million from investors, I would have screamingly run, around, run away the other direction. <coughs> because it would have been way too complex for my back then understanding of real estate, right? Mm -hmm. Today, that's the kind of deal we have on a contract right now. And it's like, I don't lose sleep over it. It's just, I think we started raising money with our friends and family like uh, 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 two days ago, about a week ago, and next week we'll have all the money that we need probably. So, but, but back again, I wanna address the question one more time. Uh, when somebody tells me like, is, it, is that real? It's like, yes, it's real. Is every deal going to be a $50,000 deal? No, right? Is every deal going to be a, a $100,000 deal? Is are you gonna do 10 of those a month? No, right? But, but the, our average deals are anywhere from five to $15,000 so in profit. And our average deal is something that you purchase for $3,000 and sell for $10,000, right? And, and, and so and that, is, that is very possible. But the key to it is that you 
get that you go after a real estate method that you can actually grasp and that you can actually deal. And, and for example, multifamily back then would have been way too complicated for me. House flipping was way too complicated for me at the time. We actually tried house flipping and we failed because we failed because we didn't know how to estimate the, the cost of repairing a kitchen and a bathroom and a roof and a foundation and electric and so on. And that house needed all of it. Yeah. So as a result, we, we estimated everything wrong, put it under contract and nobody would buy it from us, which makes sense, right? Because the other people that would have bought it from us knew what they were doing. We were not what we were doing. But on land, if you have a $30,000 piece of land that the owner just has, has owned for 30 years, perhaps they listed it on the property, on the market, doing the down market, or they wanted full market price for it and so on. Uh, then they, they didn't get rid of it. Nobody bought it. Uh, or they put a really often listings are really, really horrible. And there's many reasons why, why this property didn't sell. Perhaps they're willing to sell that property now to us just to get rid of it because their kids don't want it. And then we have developed a step-by-step -step method that requires work, but much less work than houses uh, in order to do that. And, and lastly, the question is uh, also look for if there's competition. Houses has massive amounts of competition. That's why most people get bad deals. And that's why when, when, start, when people start into that area, they usually have a bad experience because there is so few deals out there or is there, if there's a good deal out there, everyone is fighting over it and the more experienced people often get the deal. Yeah. Uh, or as a, a non-experienced people, you end up paying too much like it happened to us initially. But then the land area, there is almost no competition. So you still need to evaluate what is the value of the property. You still need to put on a contract and you need to know how to sell it but this is a much, there's much less tentacles because we don't have to estimate repairs. We don't have to get a bank loan. We don't have to make payments on it. We don't have to do those things. So it's an easier to grasp concept, easier to wrap around, your arms around. And that's why our student success quote, success uh, yeah, quota is way higher than it is for the house group. Cool. Well, that's great. So um, now in any deal, uh, you know, obviously you need to find the deal. You need to find the piece of land that you want to buy and, and you need to figure out, you know, what is the urgency for the seller? And then obviously once you acquire that piece of land, you need to buy, find the buyer. So do you have any, any secret sauce or whatever you can share in terms of these two core aspects of, of making this deal? How do you find the seller who's motivated? How do you find the buyer? Yeah. So, uh, so I can uh, perhaps answer that by laying out the quick process of how our, deal, how, how, how our system works. So the sure. first step in our system is that we focus on people, uh, on, on areas, on three kinds of areas, either infill lots in the city, those are the hardest to get. You have to do a lot of effort to get those, but then you make a lot of profit. But our two favorite ways is that we go right on the outside of bigger cities, like what's called the path of growth. So we already know that these areas are growing, that they're attractive to buyers, and that's why we're there. And the second kind of property we like, other than, of course, the infill lots and, and these ones, and really the third one, is uh, the larger acres in rural areas because that attracts a lot of the RV and ATV and dirt bike folks and the hikers and the hunters, and there's millions of them in the United States. So our first focus is we focus on the kind of properties that we know we can sell quickly at the end. Right? So that's, that's the first piece. Then what we do is uh, we actually, in order to select a county, we go look for like growing areas and then we could just go outside of that growth a little bit where, where there's uh, not a big competition yet for lots, 
but where at the end of the day we can still get um, we can still get properties uh, quickly and uh, inexpensively because I said there's there's not much competition for them. The next thing then afterwards is the way we do that is we actually go and get a list of that county. Let's say if this is Orlando, Florida, right outside of it there might be another county that the city grows towards. So we get we go to the county or go to a data service. And we go get a list of the people that own land in that county. So then once we, what we do is we, we now contact those people and, uh, and we do that by mail. We do that by mail in a way that we ask them to call us back. And it's a very specific letter we use. Once they call us back, we actually have somebody else talk to them. We hire a call center for that. It can all be outsourced, all be automated. And then the call center talks to them and we don't actually, and the call center takes some notes about their level of motivation. So you hear it out of their phone call, but it's really not as important as people think because we're gonna make an offer on every single person. So basically by our filter criteria, by knowing who to contact, we already have honed in on the people that are very likely to want to get rid of their properties. Then once they do it, we send them a written offer, (coughs) either accept or they don't accept the offer. And this is again, this is not, there's a little work involved. it's not much because you don't have to go and check out every single property for a roof and, and foundation and this and this and yeah. that and all this kind of stuff. You, have, you don't have to do any of that. You just go on your computer and through Google Maps and Google Earth <coughs> and Zillow and places like that, you figure out what is this property worth. And based on that, you make your offer. Now, typically, on average, our students send out about three to 500 letters to get one deal accepted. So it turns into a numbers game. It turns into a scalable cookie cutter business system that if you find if you hone in on the right counties and the right people, and for every three or five, three to five hundred letters, you get a deal. <coughs> and so you send the offers, they get a deal. Now, in other words, um, we also because there's nobody in our space, like all the all the real estate people are in the house flipping, right? In our mm-hmm. land space, it's almost competition free. You get response rates that sometimes are above ten percent. Our house flippers get response rates that are like below 1%. We get, uh, we get often uh, response rates that are between like 5 and 15% is pretty normal. So now once we've done that, we, we, uh, we, we now, we, so as a result, when we send out, let's say, 1,000 letters, we might get 100 phone calls. And out of those 100 phone calls, typically, if it's 1,000 letters, it should be like two or three deals should be in there. Now on average, right? Uh, uh, two or three deals should be in there. So now we send out a thousand letters. We get, two, let's say, two deals. And now um, that was worth the effort, right? You would want to spend $600 in mailings to get two deals that make you five to $15,000 each. And then on the selling side, and then it doesn't matter. Like we said, that means though, if we got a 10% response rate, that means we only got one offer accepted for every 50 offers we made. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we can work with that. We don't actually have to, we don't sit down with them at the kitchen table and, and sell them and convince them and negotiate with them. It's like they already self-identify themselves by calling us and saying, yes, I want it. And part of the script we walk them through, they tell us a few things that tell us, oh, they're very motivated or they're not so. And then we use that to make our offers. And then we had like, typically actually the acceptance rate is more like in the 25 for every, for every 25 offers you make, you get one accepted. But in this example, conservatively for every 50. And then once we have the property under contract, now comes the marketing. And the biggest piece in the marketing is really that, uh, that you need to understand who you market the property to. Mm. Most people do that wrong. 
mostly, and, and you, can, you can pull up Zillow right now, or if you're listening or watching this right now, you can pull up Zillow right now and just look for land. Go outside of the city, look for, click on some land properties, and just see how the majority of them are produced. And you will be cringing because most of them are just horrible, horrible listings. They consist of a Google area picture, not even aerial picture, like a map picture, and a two-liner that says, this property is available for sale. That's how realtors trying to sell these properties because what most people that own real estate, what own land do, is they have owned it for 20, 30 years, they wanna sell it, they go to their neighbor. Now their neighbor is a hobby house realtor. So this one, this person sells houses, like five houses a year on the weekend. Mm -hmm. That person doesn't have the first clue how to market a piece of land, which is not, not harder, just different. So they treat it, they, because in the houses, they're used to getting a photographer in and showing pictures of the different law, of the different rooms and, and doing open houses and stuff like that. Well, you can't do that by on the land, but you're going to take pictures of the dirt. You don't do that, yeah. right? So, so, so instead, what, so what they do is exactly that. They get an aerial picture. They don't know what to describe about it because to them, it's just dirt. And that's what they list. And then they wonder why nobody buys that property. So what we do different is we have a completely different approach to the thing. And our different approach is that we're asking ourselves the question, who is the perfect buyer for this property? Well, if the perfect buyer for this property is a hunter because it's 40 acres, two hours away from town, or somebody that likes to be the RV, then we are going to take pictures or find pictures with permission. Of course, we don't just take pictures of the web. We ask permission of the authors, uh, take pictures of like, elk and take pictures of of the local town and take pictures of 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 the local restaurants and they take pictures of of the things that are out there and the lakes and the the rivers and the hiking trails and so on and we put that into our picture because what we are actually selling is not the lot what we sell of course we're selling it a lot but what we're selling is the dream of them being able to go out for the weekend hunt and fish and 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 hike and dirt bike and bring their campers and have s'mores and and, and, and those kind of things, that's what we're selling. Mm -hmm. So as a result, we're going to tell a story in our listing, which is very simple to do. You just need to have the steps, one, five, three, four, five, and so on. And obviously that's what we're teaching now. We have courses and so on. And, and so, that is, uh, so, so that makes a difference. So you now have somebody who listed their property 10 years ago with their neighbor who's a hobby realtor, who doesn't have a clue how to sell this property and therefore it didn't sell. Because of that, the seller thinks the property is worthless because of that, they're giving the property to us for cheap. And all we do is we're putting out there, we're telling this beautiful story about it, framing it around with a bunch of really nice pictures. And then we're selling this property at top market price. That's really yeah. is. It's really like real estate arbitrage here. Awesome. That's great. And does this work in um, any country or is it uh, specific to USA? So it, it, it probably works from a human psychology's point of view in every country in the world. But in every country of the world, there's people that have, even in my own family, my own family in Germany, when my grandparents passed away on my mother's side, they uh, inherited a small a house with a couple of apartments in it, one of which really lived, my, my, my grandparents lived and the other ones were rented, and a lot next door. And then outside of the little village that they lived in the middle of nowhere really, but a couple of miles out, they, uh, they inherited three pieces of land, three lots. Guess what the, what the um, community of heirs did? 
they sold it, right? They sold it very quickly. And they sold it. These lots were both probably worth six to eight thousand dollars each. So small, not that not that valuable lots. They sold it for one thousand dollars a piece to somebody. Right. That was before we started that uh, that business. But I remember it because it works everywhere. The reason, though, why we and most and pretty much all of our students only do this in the United States is that in the United States there's no such thing, really, if I dare to say that, no such thing like privacy laws. In other words, real estate information, who is the owner, where does the owner live, their mailing address, all this kind of pieces of information are 100% um, of public knowledge. So you can go to your local county, pay them perhaps $100 or $200, sometimes $300, and, and, and say like, I would like, and sometimes it's even free, uh, I would like to get a list of all, uh, of all the pieces of land that you have in this parcel, also called the vacant land list. You can say, give me that. Or you can go to a data service right uh, right now on a on online, log on and download a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, as many records as you will. Obviously, there's a price for that, but you can download the records and then send your mailings out tomorrow because the records will include the the address of the owner. Okay. So mo most other countries don't offer. If you try that in Germany, try to find out where somebody lives, uh, the owner, who the owner is, and where they live of a piece of real estate. It's impossible. You won't get that information. And most countries outside of the United States have stricter privacy rules than the United States has. So as a result, uh, the reason this, from a human psychology point of view, it probably works everywhere. From a practicality point of view, getting access to the data, being able to send them a letter and so on, the United States is the holy grail for this business. Awesome. That's great. Well, um, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, sharing this unique opportunity with us. Now, before I let you go, can you tell us how people can reach out to you? Sure, absolutely. We have uh, two ways. Number one is you can go to our website, which is uh, www.landprofitgenerator.com, landprofitgenerator.com, because that's what we do. We take land, we, pro we generate profits with it. So landprofitgenerator.com. Uh, or also, uh, if somebody might say like, uh, this still sounds too good to be true. Um, I don't know if I can believe this, uh, come and join us in our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group where we, as well as uh, a lot of our successful students are hanging out there. And there's literally almost no, not a single day or two, more than, not more than two days pass without somebody posting another success story where they bought another property for $6,000 that is worth $50,000. Just somebody has just saw posted that they got a $100,000 property for $20,000 on a contract. And and the way we do that is that, uh, and so feel free to join us. This group is called Land Profit Generator Real Estate Investing Group. So land, if you look on Facebook, land Pro, it's on Facebook. So Land Profit Generator Real Estate Investing Group. It's free, right? It's free. You just, uh, you can just join, peek in, take a look at it and convince yourself that this, that this works, that this is truly something. So that's why I'm not afraid of the question that you asked on like, does this really work? And then sounds so good to be true. Well, there is still a couple of real estate methods that really, really work. And this is one of them. Uh, house flipping, I, we, we consider ourselves the rescuer of house flippers because a lot of people try house flipping, uh, got frustrated like crazy after like a half a year, a year, and then they come over to us and, and all of a sudden they succeed. Awesome. That's great. Well, uh, once again, thank you so much for being with us and, um, and uh, best of luck with, uh, with, with your business. And I hope everybody, Join us the Facebook group and learn from you. Wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. Great. Thank you so much. And that's all for now. Until next time.
Now, if you are an entrepreneur or a career professional, then I invite you to join our growing community. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. As a welcome bonus, you will get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series and Mastering Your Inner Game video series absolutely free. This series of short videos address some core issues which are instrumental in helping you move forward in your business or career. The videos are yours to view and share for free. No obligations or strings attached. Except for one, you have to take action and implement it. So join us today, navigate to bootstrapping.group. If you want more engaging videos and insightful interviews with industry's thought leaders, then check out the other videos we have picked for you. The link is right there. And if you want to be notified about our new content, please do consider subscribing to our channel.